Hey, Sharon, good to have you on the show. Awesome, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> so um, could you please tell everyone a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, I am probably one of those guys that uh, should be an inspiration to everybody because I didn't really have anything. I believe I still struggle with that every single day. And if I can do decent things in the world, if I can create uh, opportunities for myself, anybody can. And let me tell you why. Because when I was younger, I had uh, I was one of the smallest kids in my class. I was I had um, a people thought I had ADD and ADHD. People thought I was dyslexic. Um, I was colorblind. I am colorblind. I was tone deaf. So literally, I couldn't read. I couldn't speak. I couldn't play. I couldn't think. I couldn't write. I couldn't do any of that. And if someone like that can create a small world for himself, a lot of people that are listening right now have so many talents that they can use for their own lives. So um, that's how it all kind of started for me. So if I can do it, you know, you can too. <laughs> I love your message. So um, before I talk about like um, everything that you're currently involved in, could you please share with us? I know you've shared your story like a billion yeah. times already, but um, share with us a story of like how you scaled your business and sold it eventually. And um, then let's talk about everything that you're currently involved in. Yeah, totally. So um, the, the story about our business is this. I was actually, uh, so then in my kind of most recent business that we worked on, um, I was an investment banker at Goldman Sachs in New York. And my partner, my business partner and I, uh, who has been my partner for 20 years now, and he's like a father to me, he was an investor in my first company 20 plus years ago. And we invested in a small real estate company in Beverly Hills in, in the Los Angeles market. And it only had um, 35 people in one office. And we had, and we, when we took it over at that time, we realized that the original founders of that company were uh, misaligned. You know, they were just misaligned. They had other thoughts in the world. They were going in different directions. So we had a chance to come in as investors and try to help them. Mm. And our goal was to say, well, how can we bring this team back together? Because we don't want to run this business. That was, we we're just investors. Well, the original partners at that time could not reconcile their differences. And so me and my partner took over and we took this business from 35, uh, call it agents, 35 salespeople in one office to 650 salespeople in 22 offices in five years. So we grew the business um, 10x in five years and uh, to a to a and it's, this, these are all public numbers so i'm happy to share with the uh, <laughs> audience uh, we grew to uh, 3.5 billion dollars in top line sales and uh, about 18 months ago we were acquired by uh, one of the top uh, real estate companies in the united states called douglas element that bought us for their entire west coast footprint so it was a good transaction for everybody and um, it was nice to see all the hard work, blood, sweat, and tears kind of that will happen on the front end pay off for everybody at the end. Cool. Very cool. So um, before we talk about like sales and scaling um, one's business and so on and so forth, um, why didn't you create like after selling your business? Like I think a lot of people are dreaming about this, like having this one time huge transaction and then they are just like coasting on the beach and so on and so forth. But um, yeah, yeah why, why did you kept going after uh, selling your business? <laughs> so so a couple of reasons, right? The first reason is I actually took um, about, uh, you know, I took a few weeks off. So I took like 30 days off. A few, I went weeks. To the beach, <laughs> a few weeks, right. But, but I'm still, I'm like you, I'm still, I'm still young. And I, I feel like I have through, I always tell my, I tell my family and my, my mentors and coaches, I feel like I still have three or four more companies in me. I, I I've got about, so I always tell them I have four more, I have four more in me. <laughs> and how old are you right now? Um, I am 39. Got so, um, I, so if you take, if you take, um, you know, on average, a company takes four to seven years. So um, I know that even if I'm sharp enough by 60, right, by the time in 20 years, my son will be 30, right? My son's eight years old now. So by that time, so in 20 years, I probably have four, at least three or four more companies left in me. But Hardy, I'll tell you what happened. I, um, I went to the beach every day because I live uh, by the beach and I sat 
on a park bench and I just wrote, I just sketched out my ideas. I just wrote and sketched out my ideas. And one of the things that I did was, and I'll share it with everybody, I, I wrote down all the lessons that I had learned. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is, when people ask you, like, tell us about the story of everything that happened, if you'd asked me during the time that we were building the business, I literally had no idea. Like, I'm building it while we were going. So if someone never <laughs> tells you that they have all this knowledge of building a business live while they're building it, it's crazy. Like, you don't, you are in the day-to-day of building stuff. Like, you, you don't have time to think about the strategy and then explaining it to someone else. But when you do have time is after you're done, you have a little piece and you can reflect back and say, okay, well, what happened? And so I wrote down a lot of these lessons in a sketchbook and I wrote down 37 lessons that I had learned. And in fact, I wrote these lessons down uh, more for me. Mm-hmm. And and I said, you know, if I spent this seven years building this business, um, I lost my health. I made some good friends. I lost a bunch of good friends. Why did you lose your health? Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. So there is, um, when when you when we put a plan to scale, build and grow our business, it was, we said we we're gonna grow our business 10X in five years, so 10 times mm-hmm. in five years. And I only cared about the growth. I didn't care about anything else. I said, family comes second, health comes second, <laughs> everything comes second. Like, you know, I was like, well, it, it'll be fine. Like I can grow my business. Everything else will be fine in my life. But what people don't realize, and you asked a good question is, um, you can't just 10X one part of your life, mm. right? You just can't, you, you just can't do that. So if you, if you and I just decide, like, have you noticed people who, um, decide to lose weight, right? They say, yeah. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. But that's, if someone loses 50 pounds, they don't realize that it's not just that one part of their life that changes. Everything in their life changes, right? Their confidence changes, their friends change, their energy changes, everything changes, right? So when you do something that big, like 10X, they grow in a business that much, everything has to level up with you. So I was just, any extra hour in the day that I had, I would just work. Right. Any extra. Yeah. I would just work. And but what I didn't realize was I needed more energy. I needed more family time. I needed more love and care. I needed more help to be able to grow that business. And I never realized any of that. And that's was one of one of the lessons that I wrote. I said, you can't just 10x one part of your life. Everything else has to level up with it. And yeah, you if you if you decide to just lose, hey, I want to lose one kg or one pound or whatever that's that's small you don't have to change the rest of your life more. <laughs> yeah you don't have to overhaul everything probably exactly yeah. exactly and so when someone says i'm just going to grow my business 10 percent this year sure everything else can kind of stay the same but when you have to completely transform something everything has to level up and that was one of my lessons so what i did was i wrote down these lessons and uh so i wrote 37 lessons learned growing this business 10x it's actually uh, it's it's it was a Forbes article uh, that I that that they picked up. It's it's 10x in five years dot com. It's it's 100 percent free. There's no you know, people can go just read it. It's just a blog post. Um, and uh, and Hardy, I was thinking that now that I've written down these lessons, like, what do I do with this? And then I, you know, I go home, I talk to my wife about it. And my wife was like, listen, get out of the house. Like, I don't want you, I don't want you here. Like, you what you're you're in my way. We still have kids. So, I, I mean, I have kids who are eight and four right now, and they're gone at school. Like, I literally have nothing to do, right? And so um, <laughs> if, if this is the time for us to to work and create, so uh, we have a uh, investment fund, uh, me and my partner, and we invest in several businesses uh, that we think we can help. And one of those businesses at that time, uh, you know, needed some support. So I started kind of spending more time with that. So I, I try to spend a lot of the time, a lot of my time, helping businesses that we're already invested in as opposed to something random because we already have an incentive for that. So, um, yeah. And I think also, um, the whole idea of retiring forever and just sitting on the couch and doing nothing comes from people who really hate what they do. Like for instance, like I really love like talking to like super successful guys like you are. And, um, I really enjoy like doing this whole like creative process and, and, and podcasting and so on and so forth. Like I would never retire. Like, um, so, so I think the whole idea comes from a lot from people who really hate what they do, but, um, if yeah. you really love what you do, you probably don't want to quit forever and just sit on the beach. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and the interesting part is this, right? You, you, I think you nailed, um, nailed it on the head at some point, And I think I'd love to do, 
Um, I'd love to find a time where I can do, you know, a live interview like this with my wife, right? Because you'll get an insane perspective. And when when we go on vacation, right, or a holiday, and it's my wife and I and my kids, I literally can only spend the first morning on the beach, and then I'm I'm ready. I'm I'm done. <laughs> like I need to go do something, and my my brain's not wired that way. And also. Um, my wife also recognizes like you have to have, a, you know, when you a lot of us, if, if you have partners, either business partners or significant others in the relationship, let me, you know, it's really important to make sure they understand how you're wired. Right. Yeah. Because like my wife, my wife knows my children know that without my work, that I am not a good father. Right. Like that is a very important if, if you took my work out of my life. Mm. I am a big part of me is taken away. Like I will be a worse dad. I will be a worse husband. They know that. And so now it's on me to integrate how I spend my time, et cetera. So, so you need some alignment, right? So I talked to my wife saying, Hey, um, on Wednesdays I can work later because we all have later stuff on, but on Fridays I come home earlier because we all do family dinner together. You have to have those things and, yeah. and put those in place. But it, when I when I'm on my phone on a Saturday afternoon, when um, working on an idea or talking to a client or a partner, like I don't get any pushback from my family because it's not that I'm, you know, not respecting them. That is like I have I, I it's not like I work on Monday to Friday. I work all the time. I work when I, you know, and I'm off all the time. So like when someone says hey, let's go on a vacation, like I can go on a vacation whenever I want. But I also work whenever I want, right? And so, um, working. When I say work, work is a, a very important part of my life, and it, it 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 makes me a better person. It makes me a deeper thinker. It makes me a better entrepreneur. It makes me a better husband. It makes me a better father. It gives me more confidence that I can bring value to the world. And I, it took a lot of courage for me to tell that to my family that hey, without this. I, I am not I'm going insane. <laughs> yeah. Like I am not the same person. Like I, I, you know, like the coronavirus time was really hard for me because, um, I was home and you know, I, I was doing, boring. <laughs> yeah, I was, well, I was working, I was doing video calls, podcasts, I was doing a video, all of that, but my kids were playing right outside and I would get mad cause I would hear them. And then finally I was like, I need to go back to the office. Right. <laughs> but, but uh, people need to realize who they are and what, what fires them up. And um, and I think that we're all built to create in some way, like you're built to create these great conversations and great content. You're built to create this and I'm built to create whatever I create. Everyone's built to create something. We should all try to find that. And the sooner you find that, the more joy you will have. And and I think at the end of the day, um, there's a time and place for like focusing on one thing and focusing on your business or focusing on losing weight or focusing on your relationships. But I think um, like most often, I think it's really about the balance. Like um, yeah, working out several times per week, um, working every day, making sure like that you are socializing and so on and so forth. So um. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people who are only obsessed with one thing, um, they end up being miserable. Like, for instance, I can see it all the time with people in my age that are only focusing on fitness and their financials are totally out of whack and um, they can't do anything nice and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, they have like a million problems. And I can also see it in a lot of people in my age who are like only focusing on finance and they are getting like very chubby and they can't find a, a, a <laughs> good looking girlfriend and um yeah so i think um yeah there's a time and place for uh focusing on one thing or two things but um at the end of the day i think it's really about balance so yeah i mean i'll give you i'll give your listener a really e easy way to think about it right mm. think about think about how whether you, most of us know a child so think about a child eight or ten years old and just think about their life that is the life we should model and, and, and what I mean by that is they uh, they go to bed at a certain time every day, right? So that they get rest. Damn. They sleep well uh, all day and they wake up at the same time every morning to get ready for school. They have a healthy breakfast, right? They go to school, meaning they go to school all day and they socialize with their friends. They have some kind of after school program that enrichment that enriches their lives. They come home and they play. 
and then they have a healthy dinner. Maybe they get together and play with their family for a while. They watch some TV. We they get a treat as an ice cream for whatever doing well mm-hmm, something mm-hmm, good mm-hmm. that day, and then they get lovingly put you know shower change put to bed. Well, it's the same for us. Same time to go to bed, sleep well, wake up, have a good morning routine so that you can prime your day. Go mm-hmm. create and have a good you know have a good creation during the day, which is your work. Um, you have after school, so you have some kind of personal growth that you do. Maybe listen to Hardy's podcast or whatever it may be, right? You have some personal growth that you do. And then you play with your friends, so you have some exercise, yeah. right? And then you come home, you have dinner, so you have some family time. And then you you play around, you get a treat. So you actually, you know, you, you, you did something good for yourself that day, whatever that may be. You get a massage, you have a drink, whatever. I don't, I'm not judging. And then you go, <laughs> then you go to bed, right? Like it, it, the, the eight-year-old's day can be completely mapped to you. Why do we give them so much care in creating their day, but we don't actually take that lesson for us? Like, why should that be? the Like, that's that's how we should live our lives, right? And, and people forget that that's the way the world should work. And, and replace whatever pieces of that, but there's a lot of, there's health, there's wealth, there's relationships, there's socialization, there's personal growth. All that needs to happen, and someone someone tells me they don't have enough time for that, I just think they have their priorities out of whack, and they just haven't mm-hmm. thought about it. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that, but um, I, I would also like to add for everyone who's listening to this that um, there there's like a lot of propaganda on social media that you have to do certain things. For instance, <laughs> you have to wake up at 4 a.m. or something. And um, I think at the end of the day, you also have to know like who you are and um, you really have to think about like what works for you and double down on that. Like for instance, like I wake up at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. like every day. And um, I know you are like a super early writer. So, uh, (laughs) but but if you are listening to this and and, and, uh, you feel like waking up at 10, I think there's no problem in that. Um, I think there are like a lot of gurus on social media they're telling us especially like young folks like you have to do this and your morning should look like this and i think it's really individual so for everyone yeah well here's the thing right um this is super important that we're talking about this because everyone there's a lot of like you said propaganda on what you should do like i yeah. i'm not a fan of the should word you should uh, yeah you should i hate it myself like too. you should do this <laughs> like who are you to tell me what i should do because you have no idea like you don't know my life you like you don't know that my daughter is four years old right now and she doesn't fall asleep until 1 a.m like so i'm up at that time like you know you don't know that you 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 don't know that I can't go to the gym. You don't know that you don't know a lot of things, right? So, uh, so what I try to tell people is, it's important to come up with your what you like and what you want to do, but you have to be uh, uh, extremely committed to what you say you're going to do. Your own commitments, right? And so, if I tell myself, hey, you know what, um, I'm going to wake up because I have to be at work at eight, and I'm going to go to the gym at six. And then be done at seven, shower, chain, go to work at eight. If, if that's the commitment you're making because you've pre-decided that, that's a commitment you made to yourself. I expect you to keep your commitment to yourself. That, like that's all. And so I always tell people this. Hey, I don't care what time you wake up, but you should – but you can't hit snooze because mm. – just, just don't hit snooze. Because if you say you're going to wake up at 10 a.m. and your alarm goes up at 10 a.m., turn it off and get up. But if you know you're going to wake up at – after two snoozes at 10.35, just set your alarm for 10.35, right? Like, why are you cheating yourself? And because the way you, uh, the, the relationship that you have with yourself and your commitments is what's going to drive your success. So I'm totally good with whatever people want to do. I like to make my own set of commitments and I, I, I make it a prom. It's a promise to myself. So, but what I think is most people don't make any promise to themselves and they just do whatever comes. They're like, oh, well, Hardy said I should do this. And Sharon said I should do this. Right. And well, I'm going to change it. Well, today I don't feel like doing anything. So I'm going to sleep in. Like, that's not OK. But I always tell people, hey, if you decide to sleep in, pre-decide, pre-decide that you're going to sleep in on Saturday. That way, it's not like you make a call and you get lazy. You, you've already pre-decided. So sleep in guilt free. Yeah. Guilt-free, right? And I think that's really important that um, I'm a big fan of creating my own agendas, my own schedules, my own commitments, but I'm very true to the promises that I make myself. 
And then I think um, if you're trying to be consistent with your commitments, it makes everything like a lot easier. Like I can clearly see a pattern in my own life, for instance, um, when it comes down to working out. Um, like um, if I would like say like, oh, if I'm feeling bad today, like that I shouldn't go to the gym, like I, I would miss so, so, so many workouts and, yeah. and other parts as well, like with the podcast. If I would say like, oh, yeah, today I'm not feeling like doing a podcast, like I wouldn't have done so, so many episodes like in the last six months. And um, I think a lot of people go by fear and I think there's a time and place for that. But um, yeah probably you should also stick with your commitments so <laughs> yeah yeah and, and and for people that um yeah, but here's something very normal right yeah i um i'm very fortunate to mentor a lot of ceos who will do who run very big companies and even them you would as you would think that a ceo of a hundred million dollar company you would think that that she's very disciplined but we are all human not really right not really yeah. and and, um, you know, accountability is an important thing. And people talk about accountability a lot. And accountability is an important thing. But you will never be accountable to someone that you don't care about. Right? And so so let me give you an example. I've hired, I've hired a personal trainer. And I said, I'll meet you in the gym at 5 a.m. every morning. There are days where I have texted him at 4.55 saying, hey, man, I'll still pay you. But I'm out. I can't do it today. <laughs> right. Because because yeah. I, I, I he doesn't care, but I don't care. I paid him. I moved on. Right. But if, if for example, I have a mentor. Right. And so even that's why paid coaches are interesting to me. The, the, the CEOs that I mentor, like they need to truly like I need to truly have a personal relationship with them. I need to love and care about them. They need to feel like they are letting me down if they don't do something. Accountability comes from not wanting to let someone else down. That's where it really comes. So, for example, if I said to, you know, if, if, if I said to my son, hey, I will meet you at school at four o'clock and then we'll, you know, we'll go to the movies. Well, you can be very sure that I will be there at four because I don't want to let my son down because that's a very unhealthy thing. Right. Yeah. So. And also um, bad feeling, I would say. Well, I, totally. I could imagine I don't have a son, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, but, 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 but whoever it may be, right? So yeah, I, sure. I have people in my life where just because you have a paid coach doesn't mean anything. Just because you blasted it on social media saying, keep me accountable, doesn't mean anything. Mm. What it means, what accountability is really important because you don't, you don't want to let the other person down. That's when you really do something. And that's when, when you're feeling at your lowest low. The, the, the feeling of uh, I don't want to let someone else down has to just kick you out of that and you go work on something else. So if you're ever if, if you're listening right now and you feel like you've not been able to wake up or you're not you, you, you haven't been able to lose the weight or you want a new plan or whatever you want. The reason you're not able to do that is because you don't have the accountability with someone that you don't want to let down. Once you have that in place, you will like you will instantly do the work because if you don't do it, you're letting that person down and that's just too much for you, right? So I like to have that layer a lot and that forces, like imagine the CEO already of a $100 million company mm. and I say, hey, you need to do five social media posts a day, you personally. And she's like, what, really? And I'm like, yes. And so now she has this thing with me that she's gonna let Sharon down. Mm. And now because of that, she does it and now she's in a great rhythm because she got in the rhythm of doing it, right? So otherwise, she would have just never done it at all, which is super interesting. So if you ever want good accountability, think about making a promise with someone that you don't want to let down and that that gets really good. And, and I can share here a personal story. I was just thinking about when um, uh, I co-founded a marketing agency here in Germany with my younger brother. And when we hired like our first uh, full-time person, um, we we um, we always took like sales. Yeah, we took sales kind of like, uh, yeah, you have to do it, right? But um, um, we, we were like, we were nearly at like we couldn't pay this guy at one point <laughs> and you can't imagine like we were like hitting the phones like crazy and yeah. emailing like crazy so we 100 percent get the money in to pay this guy because this guy was doing like so many yeah he, he he helped us like a shit ton and um so so we eventually made it happen and um i think um we probably wouldn't like uh have hit the, the revenue goal or the revenue number if we wouldn't ha have had this guy yeah 
exactly. Yeah, you would have let him down and he would have yeah. lost his job. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, and, and, and I think like accountability is like a great tool, but I think um, a lot of people also have to be like honest with themselves because I think at the end of the day, it's really about like desire and sincerity. And I think like um, a lot of people are listening to Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary Grant Cadone <laughs> or guys like you. And um, yeah, they think that everyone can become a millionaire and everyone can become like rich and famous and um, they don't get their ass up like that. They're, they're never pitching anyone they are not creating content they are not doing anything they are just listening to the motivational tapes on social media yeah. and i think um those guys they just need to be honest with themselves like maybe you should get a job as a personal trainer and smoke weed on the weekend there's nothing wrong with that but um I th <laughs> yeah but 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 i but i think that that's really the case i think a lot of people are really delusional and i think a lot of people don't want to hear this but um yeah Dude, I, I, so so i i agree with the 99 of that and let me tell you what i mean <laughs> um and just a, just a perspective right so um i uh so, so account you said it really well. I, I think there's accountability. Uh, so for success, right? Personal yeah. success is driven. There are two sides of the same coin for personal success. One side is accountability and the other side is responsibility. Responsibility is exactly what you're talking about. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to know exactly who you are because if that, if that literally people want to like turn around tomorrow, become and become a TikTok star and make three million dollars, like that's super hard to do. Me right? too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but 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 here's where the one percent that I that I you know that I that I think there's an opportunity for people. Right. I actually believe that I actually believe that everybody can have insane financial success. I actually I literally truly believe that. Really. However, Truly, I or, or just because we are on the podcast right no, now. No, <laughs> I truly, I truly believe that everybody can have insane financial success. However, can have it, but however, I think most people are not willing to do what it takes. Yeah. Okay. Good. Right. Um. And and I think the number one thing that we should stop doing. This is just me. This is my opinion. I actually believe if you, this is the first step to actually getting financial success. Here's my first step. You heard it here on the Hardy Show, right? Here's my mm -hmm. first step. I call this um, being a guru junkie or being an influencer junkie, right? L literally every day it's like, here's, you know, he he here, here's, here's Grant Cardone, here's Gary Vee. Like you're just watching all these videos and you're just a junkie of all these influencers, right? So at the end of the day, you're just a mush in your head of all these junkies. And so if I could make a recommendation to the person that's listening right now that wants to completely transform their life in the next 12 months, I will give you two goals. Goal number one is this, unfollow everybody. Unfollow everybody, right? And then pick one person that inspires you, one person, and follow them for one month. Read everything that they write, watch everything that they put out. You, you're following just them. That way you start to get into the mental pattern of how they work, right? And that's super important. And then every month, take one person, go on a deep dive. And Hardy, I'll tell you this: how amazing this is. In day 10 of the month, you will literally start to be able to answer the questions that they, that you know what they're going to say next. Like you literally, you listen to Gary Vaynerchuk for 10, 12 days. You literally can answer, you, you will be able to answer the question exactly like he will, because you, you, you hear all the language patterns, you know, the thought processes, you've done such a deep dive into that person. And I'll give you the funny part. I actually did. I did this, but I did this for a whole year. And that's why I'm telling you this. Because I was just too much coming at me. So I un unfollowed everybody and I just went 30 days by 30 days. And I did my one of my 30 days was a uh, was his author, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, he wrote The Tipping Point, Blink, etc. Like he's very, one of my favorite, yeah, favorite authors, a a amazing author. And like day 10 or 11 of that month when I did a deep dive on him, I could li I was listening to a YouTube video, an interview about him. And the interviewer asked this question and I literally knew what Malcolm was going to say. Like I literally knew that. And that's when I realized something magical had happened because now I had installed his thinking patterns mm. into myself. I literally had taken his two decades of experience and compressed it into my life. And I had that knowledge. It's like the matrix where you just download the program. Like I just downloaded the Malcolm Gladwell program, right? So <laughs> if, 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 if you're listening and you want fin an extreme financial success, number one, unfollow everybody. And I literally mean everybody. Everybody, including your unfollow everybody, you're only following one person for that 30 days. Read, listen, 
watch everything that they do and you'd be amazed at how deep you get with them and you literally will get all their experience. And number two, for people to uh, launch themselves out of a tough place, I literally think that there's only one thing that they need to do, which is a hard thing. And I, I'll tell you what my coach told me maybe 12, 13 years ago. And she asked me, she's like, Sharon, um, if everything breaks down in your life, if you lose your job, you lose your company, you lose everything, how long would you need to get back on your feet? And I said, I don't know. She's like, no, you need to know that. I'm asking you. And I said, if you gave me one year, if something happened and you gave me one year, I can completely reinvent myself. One year, I can completely reinvent myself. She said, okay, so here's what we're going to do. For the next X period of time, we're going to work really hard to put aside one year's worth of savings for you. That way you always know that if something crazy happened, you lost your business, you lost your job, the economy went, whatever happened, you have one year's worth put aside because you just told me that you could reinvent yourself completely within one year. And all you need is that one year's worth of cushion. I said, yes. So that my first and primary goal was to put that one year's cushion aside. Uh, that way I knew that my family was okay. I'll be okay. I you know, wouldn't have to lose my house or anything like that. Right. And Hardy, I'll tell you this. That was the beginning of everything that started going correctly in my life. Because once I had that, I just felt like I could take more risk. I could take more opportunities. I could take on more. Uh, I could do more things because what is the worst thing that can happen? Mm. I lose everything and then I have one year to reinvent myself. Great. Right. And so that one year has never, I've never had to do that yet. I've never had to do that yet, but, but I've had to dip into savings once and I, I, I came back, but imagine this, imagine right now, mm. everything went to hell in a handbasket and you had one year's worth of savings and you didn't have to work. You would, yes, you would like figure it out, but you wouldn't be as stressed. You would be yeah, able to think totally. much clearly. So two things for someone that are thinking about right now to completely change their financial future. Number one, unfollow everybody. Go mm -hmm. deep on one month per person. And number two, try to build a one year's worth of cushion. Like that should be your, in, your, your goal shouldn't be I want to be a billionaire. Your goal should be I want to put aside one year's worth of savings. If you can do that, Hardy, I will tell you right now, there are internet Instagram millionaires out there like they look that look like they're really successful that do not even have one year's worth of savings. Not even one year's worth of savings, right? Which is crazy if you think about it. Like Instagram changes their algorithm, they are done. They're done, <laughs> right? Man. And so, um, if you, you know, if take, if you're listening right now and you really want to like up your game, up your life, think about that for a second. Just think about how much confidence you will get if you can put one year's worth of savings away. And I'm not telling you it's easy. I, I totally understand. It may take you three years to do that, but imagine what you do for the gift that you give yourself for the rest of your life. And I also think. Um, Coming back to your first point, um, I think uh, a big problem, and I don't want to sound arrogant here because I've never built like a nine or ten figure company, a company but um, I think a lot of gurus on social media, even though they're like very, 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 very successful, they are also giving you a lot of half-truths and a lot of things that aren't just true. It might have been true like two years ago or in a specific scenario that they were in, in their context and so on and so forth. But it doesn't have to apply in your case. For instance, there are so, so many, um, to give like a, a great example, I think, for, for everyone who's listening to this, there's so much advice on how to build like the quote unquote super successful Facebook ad. But how many people have like spent like $1,000 or $5,000 into Facebook and have got nothing out of it. Like nothing. Yes, me. <laughs> and even though there, there are like so many guidelines and so so many like how-to videos on so so clearly those videos aren't really they aren't portraying the truth like if it would be true what the gurus are saying on, uh, on this those um youtube videos then everyone would make money but um i think a lot of people um, think it is like that but it really isn't the case like most things on social media i think are just totally wrong <laughs> it's, this is like I, I can see it in the reason it's not even my opinion just let's take a look at the results of everyone so yeah. um <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and that's why that's why i think that um it's really important to to cut through the clutter and exactly and, and that's why um, when you go deep on somebody right 
you you'll hear their sales pitch and maybe like I buy like I bought I bought I bought Malcolm Gladwell stuff I brought Frank Kern stuff I bought Vader Schoolian stuff I I, I basically went yeah. and these are my friends right I, I like Frank Kern yeah and, and he's hilarious because I love listening to him and and I I pay for his stuff all the time because I actually pay for people's stuff to go through their funnels. I'll yeah. I'll pay for their stuff. I'll screenshot their funnel. I pay for the stuff. I screenshot <laughs> the funnel. I pay for the stuff, and I never do anything with the funnels. I just I have I have all these screenshots of all these funnels, and I give them to my marketing team. And literally, I think I've spent tens of thousands of dollars screenshotting funnels that we've never used, right? <laughs> and and but I think that going deep on somebody is really really important because it really helps us. It, it gives us focus, right? After a while, our brains just like are are totally unfocused right now. And I think it's super important to say, okay, I'm only listening to Hardy this month. You start to get really deep with that. It's really important. And there's a lot of personal growth that happens when it comes to that. Yeah. And also, um, I think if you are not following a million people, like you've said, um, you actually have the time and space to make up your <laughs> own advice. Because right. I think um, most people, they are just like, they aren't thinking for themselves. Like, for instance, like um, when I was listening to all the gurus, when I was like reading all the blog articles and so on and so forth, I didn't I didn't nearly grow as fast business wise as I'm currently doing because um, I was doing like all the sh same shit that everyone else uh, was doing or is doing back then. And um, I think like if you want to have an edge, you really also have to think for yourself. And um, I think if you are getting advice like all the time, you don't really have the time and space to uh, make up your own advice. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, and I'll give you something really funny. Um, for, for folks that, you know, people ask me, one of the questions that people ask me all the time, which I don't know why they ask me that because it's just <laughs> fascinating, is people, especially during the time when, you know, COVID and all of that, they're like, hey, Sharon, like, what are you learning right now? Like, what are you, what's your personal growth look like? And I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth, right? Literally every single day, um, I, I, like, I don't, I don't put pressure on myself, right? Literally every single day, I have one hour of growth, one hour. And it's divided into two 30-minute chunks. And I've made it really easy for myself, right? It's 30 minutes in the afternoon because right in the afternoon around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, we all want a little cappuccino or a coffee <laughs> because, you know, because I wake up early. Like, I already want to – I want to go to bed at 2 uh, because I wake up at, at 4.45. But, but at 2 o'clock, I realize that I have a low point in my energy, right? Yeah. So at 2 o'clock, I have a 2 to 2.30 block, generally speaking, where I set aside 30 minutes to learn something. And then at night – at right before I go to bed, I actually do something that people don't suggest you do. Like I actually, I'm on my phone in my bed and I'm watching a video or whatever. So 30 minutes right before I go to bed, right? And I'll tell you exactly what I do. So in the nights before I go to bed, I'm doing my one person deep dive. So if I'm deep diving on Malcolm Gladwell, I'm watching a YouTube video or listening to a podcast or reading a book or something about that person. And I only do it for 30 minutes. I set a timer for 30 minutes. Once that timer goes off, I that person, I'm done. I turn off the light. I am done, right? Because that's my 30 minutes, right? Yeah. But in the afternoon, what I'm learning is I have this uh, commitment to myself that says, what can I learn today that I can use tomorrow? Right? Mm -hmm. Very specific. What can I learn today that I can use tomorrow? Tomorrow. And I think the tomorrow part is like very important because most people are learning things that um, quite frankly, um, they don't really need to learn about or need to know at their specific point in time or where they're currently at. So Correct. Yeah. And, and here's the funny part. People ask me, well, well, Sharon, what is that? Right. And I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, so recently, my uh, my team was gotten really busy and they, I was like, hey, I want to launch this new kind of, you know, thing for my for my uh, my paying members. And so they were like, well, you know, hey, Sharon, can we do this later? And I was like, no problem. So what I did was. I spent three afternoons, 30 minutes each, just watching three videos on my email marketing active campaign, my email marketing program, and how to actually do this membership site. I just watched three videos for 30 minutes, and then I was able to just build an automation like that. I was done in a week. And so literally, I watched three videos on how someone else had done it, and I was able to use it and then generate revenue for my, for my clients, which worked really nicely. So I was able to do something the next day instantly. So mm -hmm. I always ask the question, what can I do today that, what can I learn today that I can use tomorrow? And that can be something tactical that can be, uh, you know, even, even like this, I'd be like, Hey, for example, one, I'll tell you what I did yesterday, right? I knew that you and I were going to chat today. So yesterday I was like, well, I need to go and 
look at everything that all the episodes that Hardy has done, pick a couple of them, research them so that I know that, hey, here's his flow, here's how he works, here's what his audience likes. And so I, I need to show up to do good research. Otherwise, I can't be effective on your show because I get to use my time yesterday to serve you and your community today, right? That's important. Me just showing up is not fair, right? It's just not, it's not fair. It's not even fair for you. It's not even fair for me. Like that's, you know, it's, it's I feel you're, like- You're way too humble, I would say. <laughs> no, but, but I think people forget that, you know, your growth needs to be both long-term and short-term. Like what can I use over the next three to five years? And what can I use tomorrow? And, and, and that's super important. Like you don't need to go pay and spend $2,000 and dude, you know how many courses I bought for 1997 with like 300 bonuses associated with it that I never used. Like I'm, I, I've bought courses just for the bonuses that I literally have never used. I think I paid like $10,000 for Frank Kern stuff. I have never even opened like Kajabi. I've never even used it. Right. And there's a reason behind that because I don't think we live in the course. Like who has time to do eight hours of courses? Like it, when are you going to do that? But if I told you, can you learn something for 30 minutes today that you can use tomorrow? Like that feels good because now I have up-leveled my skills right away. And that's pretty cool. And, and, and what I really love about your approach, I think a lot of people have this either or approach. Like either it's all short term or either it's all long term. For instance, a lot of gurus are saying to, to guys in their early or mid 20s, um, focus on brand. It's all about the brand, 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 brand. And a few other gurus are talking about like it's all about sales. You have to focus on sales. But um, I think um, it's, it doesn't have to be either or. It, it can be both, like you've said. And um, this is what I really like about your approach. And I think this is like a great takeaway for everyone who is listening to this. Like um, you can learn about things for the future, but you also have to learn about things like for today. And right. um, you, you should like think about your future in three or five years, like where your company is at, where your brand is at. But you should probably also focus on like, hey, do you have money on the table today? <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Totally. You're, you're, you're exactly right. And I actually think this, right? Um, for those that are actually, um, you have clients and, um, you know, if you're a, if you're, if you're a service provider, if you're a freelancer, agency, coach, consultant, et cetera, and you have clients, the one thing I always tell people is this, a skilled client is a great client. A skilled client is a great client. And what I mean by that is like my clients, I, I, I don't, I don't, I want my clients to have a certain level of skill, meaning if I tell my clients, hey, I want your team to build an opt-in page to do this, like I don't, I shouldn't have to now draw the page, like nothing, like they need to have enough skill to know what Sharon's talking about. So if, if, if your clients require, like if you are a insurance broker, real estate agent, coach, consultant, and you need your clients to electronically sign documents in your first onboarding meeting with them, do a Skype or a Zoom call, pull up the document, show them how to sign it, teach them the skill. Because when we learn quick skills, it dramatically ups our confidence. It is our job to increase the skill sets of our clients. We don't want to tell our clients, go learn something. Like I actually will do a Loom video and tell them, hey, go do these three things and you never have to do it again, right? And so now I've given them the skill, which gives them the confidence. And now because they have the skill, they're a better client. What a lot of other people think is like, well, if I gave them the skill, they won't need me anymore. And that's a really bad way of thinking about it because I would, that, that means you're doing really crap work for them that they can actually do themselves. Like I want, I, I want a skilled client in all the clients that I have. So I teach them everything. Like I don't, I don't hold anything back. I share everything at every time. Like I want everybody to know everything because I know that the more I share, the more the universe gives me to share, right? Like the more I share, the more and people will uh, probably also really appreciating that. Also. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because they know they're going to get you full on every time. Right. And, 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 and like, I never think about, oh my gosh, do I share my best stuff? The more of my best stuff I share, the more of my best stuff starts to come through me. Like I, I always know, like my job today is to share all my best stuff, not to hoard it. Because I know that tomorrow I'm going to get like this download from whatever the world of the new good stuff, because I just need to get all the best stuff out. And, and that's why, man, I write a daily email. I share my best stuff in my daily email. I share everything. And 
my I have a ghostwriter who's helping me write a book, and he's like, Sharon, I don't even need to talk to you. I can just read your emails. And I'm like, yes, just read. Like that's that's everything is in there. Like I don't even need. You know, people should be like he this person is coming out and sharing every single thing and I need to hire them because I can only imagine what where that is coming from. Right. Got it. Um, Sharon, at the end, I always ask five questions. But um, before I ask those five questions, like I would personally would love to hear, like, um, what is your best advice on scaling uh a company and um on sales like what would be your best advice for everyone who is listening to this yeah so i i always talk about three things um so the first thing is so if everyone's anyone's listening just think about your company right now and see if it hits these three filters right filter number one is you need to have a singularity of focus uh no one's built a business doing 17 different things you want to you want to be known you want to be known for one thing, and I call it the only statement. When I think about, uh, you know, when I think about beer, I think about Hardy. It needs to be like that, right? Like it needs. You know, I, I kind of made it up. Like, it just, but it needs to be like that. It needs to be like that, right? It needs to be yeah. a. It needs to be that. Like it, you have to create that level of kind of connection because that, that's the only statement, right? Like I only, I am the only person that does blank. I am the only person that sells. That you know, the only person that can get you X result in fitness, I'm the only person that can get you X result in ads. I'm the only person, and if you don't build around that, no one knows you, and no one knows why they're hiring you, and no one knows how to refer you. Like if I referred you, and you are the only person who can generate Facebook ads for food trucks, however specific that may be, now I go tell everybody, hey, you need to hire Hardy because he's the only person that drives ads for food trucks. Now you have your clients being evangelists for you, and that's a big missed opportunity, right? So that's the first one is the singularity of focus. The second one is you and I talked about is the cadence of accountability. Accountability and responsibility are two sides of the same coin. What are you willing to do every single day without without fail to drive towards that goal. If that means, hey, every single day I write an email to my list, every single day I work, I prospect for two hours, every single day, what are you willing to do every single day? Because that is going to define you know, the success. And number three, uh, good process drives good results. People don't realize that um, when you scale a business, uh, you know, people talk about scale, what is scale? Scale just means that, hey, I have something that works, now I want it to work better. That's all that means, right? So I have something that works. Now I want it to work better. Well, you can't scale anything that is already not working. <laughs> like people need to realize that. Like you can't, like you can't, like that's like saying I want to take this car to go 180 <laughs> miles an hour, but it's like I'm driving on the Autobahn, but it doesn't even drive. Like, you know, that doesn't work, right? So so the first thing, I, so good process, you need good process for that. That's why you can start to see things fall apart, et cetera. So if your business is growing, think about how can I replace myself in the business? How can I just replace myself? If I had to just not be a part of the business anymore, what process systems, et cetera, everybody wants them to be a part of the business. So the faster you can detach yourself from the business, the faster you're going to let it scale because you are the bottleneck for allowing the business to scale. So number one, singularity of focus. Number two, cadence of accountability and number three good process drives good results great advice so um where can people connect with you on the social webs yeah social the, the best place is uh instagram it's my it's my name sharon trivata i'm actually loving tiktok right now uh so I'm you're dancing say, over there <laughs> you know the interesting part is already what i'm doing is i'm not i'm just i'm doing exactly what i was doing on instagram on tiktok i'm just giving money advice and for some reason uh People are really connecting with it. It's just everyday money tips is what I'm what I'm sharing on on TikTok, which is kind of cool. Like, so I have to come up with a money idea every day, which is kind of fun. Um, but I would love for people to go to 10xin5years.com. Like, just I would love for you to learn, read the 37 lessons that I wrote. It took me, you know, seven plus years of building a big business to learn that, and I'd love for you to learn that without having to go through all the pain that I went through. So it's 10xin5years.com, and uh, it's totally free, no opt-in, nothing. Just go, just go read it. Got it. So um, the first out of the five question is, what are the three books that um, uh, that you have enjoyed the most or, 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 or that had the b biggest impact on your life? Sorry. Yeah, it, it varies from time to time. Right. So uh, let me think about. So the first one that comes to mind right away is The Richest Man in Babylon. Mm -hmm. uh, really, really great book. You could probably finish it in two or three hours. 
I believe that every single person who wants to create wealth in their lives must read it. It is the it is the best ten dollar investment you can make in yourself. It is the like there's literally if you get if you got nothing else from today, you should go buy the richest man in Babylon. It'll literally take you two to three hours to read. It is the easiest storybook that you'll read. And it, it's a, I love that book. The second is um, it's a great story. It's The Fountainhead by Ann Rand. Uh, it's a really it's like a I don't know. It took, probably took me. It's a really fat book, you know, 800, 900 pages. But the story is amazing. It talks about uh, uh, an artist, an architect, right, and uh, and how he lives a great life. And and I I'm a creative, and I like you know I like how he builds things. Uh, that book has taught me more about life than anything else. But it I, I've a- only read uh, Atlas Shrugged. Atlas Shrugged. Oh, Atlas, yeah. Atlas Shrugged is amazing. I like The Fountainhead better. Uh, but Atlas Shrugged is really good. Fountainhead is amazing. Fountainhead is yeah. my favorite book, one of my favorite books. And the last one I'll tell you for a tactical perspective that everybody should read today, especially in today's social media world where everything is kind of messed up, is The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. Mm-hmm. Also very popular. Super, super, super book. Like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you read The 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing. And I guarantee you, you will make money instantly from the book. I guarantee you, because every time I read it, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have this idea that I can, you know, install every single time I read that book. I, it reminds me of something. So, uh, those would be the three that I really love. Got it. Um, to, uh, uh, three move, uh, second question, three movies that you really loved, uh, movies. Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Pulp Fiction. Mm, and, and classic. The classic, my favorite movie of all time. My second favorite movie of all time is Top Gun because I love. I always wanted also to be, a classic. <laughs> I always wanted to be a. I always wanted to be a, a, a fighter pilot, and and so I. But but I'm colorblind. I'm done deaf. I can't do any of that stuff. And <laughs> and uh, my third one, a, a classic of all classics, is um, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Mm, and great choice, there's yeah. there's a lot of uh, lessons of creativity ingenuity hard work and how you can build that's a movie where at the end of the day he spends his entire rest of his life on the beach right so yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um the third question is uh what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory so uh, um so it's not I've been using this a lot recently uh, because I've been creating a lot more written content recently and what I realized was it takes a lot of time to create written content because you have to sit and type written content. And I just realized that it just takes too much time to do that. And I spend, um, I, I walk a lot. Uh, I like going for er- like early in the morning, I wake up early and I'll walk for an hour just to clear my head and think. And Walking or jogging? Just walk. I just like to walk. And um, and and so when I, uh, when I walk, um, I can still record a podcast. I can still record a video. So what I realized, I downloaded this app called uh, Rev.com, which is the transcription site, uh, which they take your audio and they make a text, right, which is very cool. So you can actually download this app, which is the Rev.com app, which is free. And when I'm ready to, like, write a blog post or write an article or write something, I just hit record on the Rev.com app, and I just start talking into it. And then when I want to pause, I hit pause. I collect my thoughts and I start talking again. And then right when I get back home after an hour, I literally have somebody that has taken my audio and transcribed it, taken out the ahs and the ums and just given me completely written text. I just look at it, smooth it out. And now I have a blog post or an email or whatever. So now I can talk all my text. And I now and now it's uh, people have told me that it's made my email writing better because it sounds a lot more conversational because we don't, when we write, we start writing formally, right? But when we talk, we don't talk like that. So we start saying, hey, I want to tell you about three things that can really help you, right? That's a conversational thing. But when you write, you're like, would you like to know? Like you say stupid things when you write, right? You start to get into copywriter mindset as opposed to in conversational mindset. And so my right now I've been able to, one, get the ideas out of my head faster, but two, also get copy done. So rev.com, it, it costs like a, it costs a little bit to get the transcription done, but I do it all on the app. And so when I get home, I have all this transcription. So now I can just smooth out my copy and get a lot more content done. Very cool. Um, the fourth question is, um, what are the most important revelations that you've had in the last couple of years? Uh, 
So a couple of, I, I'd go back to my kind of 10x in five years thing, but my, my, I'll give you a few really quickly. Uh, I am, I don't think everybody realize, I don't think people realize that um, the, the world has made you realize that money is everything. And I have realized that it's not. And what I mean by that is after you can, kind of live the life that you kind of normally want there's you're you're forcing yourself to buy a jet and a lamborghini like you don't need any of that stuff so i've just realized that um as soon as i got to a place where when i lost my health and i was in a hospital for three weeks i realized that everything else was irrelevant and so now i only do things that are in line with my health and don't stress me out because I realized that if I my health goes, I can't do anything. So the biggest revelation is, which sounds really simple, is you're only going to appreciate your health when you lose it. And so I really hope that that you don't. Right. That's number one. Number two is um, I'll give you stuff from a money perspective that I think that a lot of people don't talk about this often is uh, I talked about the 12 months of having a, a buffer. Right. Like cash is really important. Like you if you can put 12 months of money aside. I actually believe that it'll make you a better person because you'll feel better about your life. So I wish I had done that much sooner. I would have been able to do much more. That was the beginning of me creating so much for more for myself was putting that first 12 months worth of safety net aside. And last but not least, I'll tell you this Hardy, and this has been the hardest thing for me is uh, I've dramatically shrunk my inner circle, dramatically shrunk my inner circle. And I'll give you the funniest part um, recently in my iPhone, I had these favorites of people that I call, right? And I had 14 favorites of people that I call. At one point, I just realized that I'm going to shrink that inner circle. And now I'm down to three, one of which is my wife. So now I'm down to three, right? So it has literally made me less stressed about everything because I just want smaller, a smaller inner circle because I want to go deeper with people. I want to go, I want to have a much more closer relationship with my business partners. And I don't I don't want to know 500,000, 2,000 people. I just don't want to keep track of all these people. I want a very tight inner circle and I want to give them everything that I have. And if I could do anything differently is I would have shrunk my inner circle much, much sooner. It would have made me much, much happier much sooner. Last question for today. What would you tell your 20-year-old self? What would I tell my 20-year-old self? The... I would tell my 20-year-old self that to get a a coach as soon as possible because I got my first coach much later, uh, which is not too much later, like when I was 23, and my life has never been the same. Um, I'll, I'll give you some numbers, and I know that in different cultures, uh, people don't like listening to numbers. And so I'll, I'll tell you this. I paid. We love to listen to numbers. In okay. Well, uh, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Right. So uh, I'll give you my, my, my two my two coaches. My first coach, I met her at a random event. And my father told me this. He said, write her an email and say and offer her money to be your coach. So I wrote her this email and I said, uh, I loved you watching your presentation. I want to offer you. And I didn't have a lot of money then. I, I want to offer you $10,000 as a symbol of my seriousness. I don't want any one-on-one -on -one calls or anything like that. All I ask is that you prioritize your email communication to me whenever I have help for the next 12 months. That's it. I just wanted her to respond to my emails, nothing else. She said, is this a joke? I said, no, I wired her $10,000 and she was my first coach for the first year. So my first coach, I paid $10,000 upfront when I didn't have that, that kind of money, right? The second, my second coach, I'll tell you this, uh, I paid forty thousand dollars per quarter that's real money i would say <laughs> um and and it was it was very painful but she had worked with active duty navy seals and all of that i was going through a very tough time in my health and i prioritized like this is when i was in the hospital and she literally got me out of the hospital got me out of my mindset got me to thinking better and bigger about the business it was the it was the cheapest investment looking back, cheapest investment looking back. But every time I had to write that check, it hurt really, really bad. So really, really bad. And and you can't even hire her right now. Like she is like she coaches. She coaches like heads of state and things like that. Uh, but it was a really 
but, but I want you guys to, I want people to know that I wrote a check. Uh, writing a check is very, very, very important because it, there's a karmic balance. And when you pick someone's brain and people give you free advice, it's, it, it's, 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 it doesn't work. Free advice on the internet is okay, but free advice one-on-one is not okay because uh, I'm spending all my time sharing something with you that you would never know. And there has to be, there has to be the circle of reciprocity. And that's why I write the check. So I would tell my 20 year old self to write the check as soon as possible because uh, a coach and a mentor can dramatically transform the trajectory of your life. Sharon, thank you so much for the episode. I really enjoyed this. So uh, yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Hardy. I appreciate it. (laughs) Have a good day. All right, man. You too. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Also, make sure to share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.